Fans of the Dynasty Invest podcast, if you feel like there was one particular episode in the back catalogue in the anthology of Dynasty Invest podcast episodes that really, really, really was massively valuable to you, feel free to share that with a fellow dental colleague who's in a similar position so their understanding of finance can be elevated and they can hit the next level of financial success in their life. Also, as well as that, if you could take two seconds to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. What that would mean is that it drives this podcast further in terms of reach so that more dentists across the world can be able to benefit from the knowledge contained therein. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. Most people think that you have to sacrifice the journey in order to reach the destination. What am I referring to? I'm talking about most people's perception or understanding about about how retirement occurs or financial freedom occurs. Most people go to work most of their life, compromise on their happiness to a greater or lesser degree so that they can reach the ultimate destination of being free, which we're told is like the flipping Valhalla. It's like the amazing place that we should be gunning for our whole life. And that is retirement. That is the point where we no longer have to exchange time for money. Now, we can continue to, we can choose to if we wish, but we don't have to because we now have the option to work or not work. However, most people I know who are 60 and 65, they actually continue to do a few days that their life has purpose so that they can actually continue to feel valued and continue to feel like they have something to do. And that's cool. So what's really happened at that point is they've actually discovered their optimum work-life balance. They've actually discovered their optimum work satisfaction. Are you with me? Now, some people will choose not to work. That is their ultimate work satisfaction. Some people will choose to do two days. Some people will keep doing flipping seven days. My point is that it's only at that point that we give ourselves permission to become happy or permission to come satisfied with our current existence because we're said to have reached retirement. We're said to have reached financial freedom. Most people sacrifice the journey as in they compromise on their happiness because they work more than they feel like they like to in order to save up all the cash that they need to get to that point. But in reality, if you think about it, like how I'm going to describe it in this podcast, then you will learn that actually that's not necessary. We can enjoy the journey and the destination. We just got to know how. The first concept that I'm going to use to describe this is something called your work satisfaction score. So what is your work satisfaction score? Your work satisfaction score is your current contentment and your current fulfillment that you get from your job. Now, for some people, this will be 10 out of 10. For some people, it's hard to imagine a better reality that they get to be a dentist five, six, or even seven days a week. And that's cool. It's going to be as unique for the first person as it is for the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh. And whoever, infinitely, is going to be unique for each and every one of those people. And that's cool. The point is to figure out what's right for you, the listener of this podcast. How do we do that? Well, we're going to quantify it right here, right now. Very first thing to do, we're going to quantify something called your work satisfaction score. Now, this is a very, very, very particular concept. It's not your work-life balance satisfaction. It's not your life-work balance satisfaction, which the edgy Life coach gurus and financial gurus try to call call it. They, they kind of flip it on its head, life-work balance, because life comes first and it should be the priority. And that's what they're attempting to explain by describing it that way around. But we're going to use something specific. It's called the work satisfaction score. What do I mean by that? The work satisfaction score is your current satisfaction and contentment with the amount of work that you do, your current amount of exposure to your job. Now, for some people, they might say, hmm, dentistry is 8 out of 10. Some people might say 10. Some people might say 6. That's fine. Just give it a score out of 10. 
Just give your current affinity towards your job a score out of 10. For some of you, it might be two. For some of you, it might be three. And that's cool. It doesn't actually matter. We're just figuring out how you feel about it right here, right now. And the easiest way to conceptualize that is the work satisfaction score. It's actually harder to ask somebody to rate their work-life balance. Try to do that mentally for two seconds. It's tough. You're going to have to think about it at least a little bit. Whereas your work satisfaction score, the, the specific and particular reason why we use that term is because it's really easy to dimensionalize in our head because we can all give our job a score out of 10. That's all we have to do. We're not asking, we're not thinking about time, we're not thinking about money. We're specifically, we're thinking about all those factors, all things accounted for, what would you give it out of 10? So by now, what you should have is a score out of 10 for your current job, your current affinity towards dentistry, the amount of time you're spending in dentistry, all things considered, what is that score? What would you give it out of 10 in terms of satisfaction? Now, think about it. If let's use the average, the average should be five, but in reality, the average is usually seven because <laughs> most people, most of us are a little, are above average optimistic. We always, you know, from, from doing this a lot of time with dentists, I always find that the average is about seven when in theory it should be five. But let's use seven for today for the sake of argument. Let's say that somebody's described their work satisfaction as seven. So what we're saying is that actually, Yes, it's not zero. Yes, it's not one. Yes, it's not two. And all of those number, other numbers between seven and zero, it's seven. So there's seven points gained, but it's also three points lost if you think about it, because it could be better, right? Now, the re- really what most people do is they think that when you hit retirement, that it's going to become 10 out of 10 or work satisfaction. And that can be because we don't work anymore, or that can be because we can do two days a week or three days a week or four or whatever. We're going to be content at that point. That's, the, that's what we're sold that is that is the that is the mirage or illusion which we're sold. We're going to be happy as long as we work our whole lives and save up and then retire, right? But actually, if you think about it, seven out of ten is a long time to spend your. The dimension of seven out of ten is a long time to spend your existence in. So you're spending most of your life in seven out of ten, so you can one day be ten out of ten, supposedly. But if but as I say, how many sixty five year olds are running around like, yeah, oh my goodness, I'm absolutely flipping over the moon. This is unbelievable. I can't believe it. It was worth that forty years of disliking what I do to get to this point. How many people know somebody like that who's retired? I have yet to meet anybody. I don't think that happens. So if we live our whole life under that pretense that we will be happy. And then when we get there, then we're not. Actually, what we've done is we spent a lot of time doing something which we didn't necessarily enjoy because we thought it would get an outcome that we didn't even receive. And that's a crazy thing. But we only really get that perspective when we hit that point and we look back in the rearview mirror. The key thing to understand is that actually through listening to this stuff that I'm talking about right now, this will give you that perspective because this is the thing that I realized a long time ago. And I was like, wow, the key of life, the holy grail of life is to have the body of a young person and the brain of someone who's got years and wisdom, right? Because that's the main benefit of time. That's the main benefit of getting older that you get wisdom past a certain point, your body declines. So if you've got the body of a young person and the brain of an old person, you've got the best of both. How do you do that? You be open and receptive to new ideas and listening to wisdom. And that's exactly what we're doing right here, right now, today. So work satisfaction score, seven out of 10, right? So to a greater or lesser degree, we're compromising because if we didn't have to work, in theory, our life should be 10 out of 10 because we get to do all the stuff that's fun, okay? So next thing we're going to do, we're going to figure out what does fun actually look like? What does that 10 out of 10 life look like? Do we sing more? Do we dance more? Do we spend more time in the garden? Do we go to more restaurants? Do we cook more food? Do we watch more TV? It doesn't actually matter. What are the things that you currently enjoy? What are the things that you currently enjoy in your life? Pick three. It could be anything. It can be any one of those things I said, 
or it could be anything in the whole wide world. We're just figuring out what happiness looks like. Because if you think about it, in theory, if you didn't have to work because you received the cash, flow, the cash flow that you need to live your life from somewhere else, you would do these three things. You would do a lot more of these three things, right? And you know what? The three things that you enjoy today may not be the three things that you enjoy next week or the next year or in 10 years or whatever. We're just figuring out how that looks today. It's impossible to think about how we're going to think and what we're going to enjoy whenever we're 65 because no one the hell knows how that's going to look. You need a crystal ball to figure that out. All we can say is right here, right now, what are the things that we enjoy? And then understand that of those three things that we've picked, when we can do more of those, we'd actually get more happiness from life. And that seven out of 10 life could become eight out of 10 or nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10. And that's cool. Totally fine. Let's go back to work. Let's go back to the work satisfaction score. Let's think about it like this. Well, before we do that, actually just figure out those three things, the three things that make you happy. Take two seconds and do that. Cool. Now let's go back to work. Think about it. Most people let's say the seven out of 10 thing is representative of the average. Now let's use the analogy of chocolate cake to understand this. Let's say that, so, well, most people really like chocolate cake. And even if you don't like chocolate cake, pick something else, chuck something else in here. Maybe you like halloumi, maybe you like marshmallows, maybe you like flipping anything in the whole wide world, hot pots, whatever, it doesn't matter. Let's pick your favorite food and let's put it in there, right? So let's say your favorite food in the whole wide world is 10 out of 10. Now, you might really, really, really like chocolate cake, and it might be 10 out of 10 for you when you enjoy it. But let's say someone made you eat it every single day. You probably wouldn't enjoy it so much. All of a sudden, a 10 out of 10 experience becomes a 7 out of 10 experience. Maybe you still like it a little bit, but you wish you could just eat it a little less, right? So what's the easiest way to turn 7 out of 10 to 10 out of 10? Instead of eating chocolate cake seven days a week, three times a day, we eat chocolate cake once a day, and we do it only on three occasions a week. So we eat the chocolate cake one day, <laughs> one occasion, three days a week. Then all of a sudden it becomes the case that we start to look forward to those three days a week because we start to look forward to the chocolate cake. All of a sudden the chocolate cake becomes 10 out of 10. Again, how amazing is that? So we've rekindled our 10 out of 10 relationship with chocolate cake just because we indulge in it in a little less. Now, the difference between chocolate cake and work is that we don't, no one's forcing us to eat the chocolate cake. However, we feel like we're forced to go to work because we have to earn a certain amount of money. So what's one of the easiest ways to turn 7 out of 10, a 7 out of 10 work satisfaction score to 10 out of 10? Actually, you might find that if you just do a day less, that 7 out of 10 becomes 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10. And it's progress, isn't it? And it's a step in the right direction. We've moved forwards. And here's, and here's the thing. Here's the thing you must recognize. It mightn't even change. It might continue to be 7 out of 10. But one thing's for sure, if we don't change anything, then everything stays the same. This is what I always say to people. And the danger is that we can spend 30 years of our life with a 7 out of 10 existence to, hypo, to reach this hypothetical 10 out of 10 point, And when we get there, not even be that happy. When we get there, continue to do, you know, we, we've, we've been sold this lie or this mistruth that we're supposedly going to be, feel amazing at that point and we're going to have total freedom you know, and even at that point, we're looking forward to the day we don't have to work anymore. And most people actually do continue to do a few days. So it's only really at that year 65 or whatever, or whatever age we retire, we're using 65 as an average that we give ourselves, in other words, we give ourselves permission to have a 10 out of 10 work satisfaction score, don't we? And how that looks for some people is two days a week. How that looks for some other people is seven days a week. And how that looks for some other people is zero days a week. So my point is why wait? Why are we waiting until we're 65 to achieve that thing when actually it could be done today? And here's how. Seven out of 10, four day, let's say someone is working five days a week and having a seven out of 10 work satisfaction score. What's the easiest way we can change something 
which has a likely has the likely result that it's going to improve our relationship with work. It's going to improve our satisfaction with our job. Just like the chocolate cake. If you didn't have to eat it seven days, if you didn't have to eat it five days a week, what about if you just ate it four days a week? Then all of a sudden you might enjoy it a little more. And work is exactly like that. So when we go from five days a week to four days a week, maybe seven out of 10 becomes eight out of 10 or nine out of 10. And even if it stays at seven out of 10, at least we learned something, at least we opened the door. Remember, the only thing that changes, the only thing that the only thing is certain that if nothing changes, everything stays the same. That's the only thing I can we can guarantee in life. And the danger is the risk of that attitude, the risk of staying the same is we have a seven out of 10 existence until we realize when we reach retirement that actually that was our life and that was our one shot and we wish we would have done something. One of the top regrets of the Dan is that they wish they lived a life on their own terms. Look up Bronnie Ware and her research on people who are in old people's homes or elders, average people who wound up in old people's homes. She surveyed them, she figured out the top five things that they regretted about the life, their life. Number one is that they didn't empower themselves and make decisions on their terms and that they just went along with the flow. And that's what accepting seven out of 10 looks like. Now, let's go back, seven out of 10, that's cool. So what most people do, whenever I say to dentists, whenever I speak to dentists, or I'm sure most people who are listening to this podcast might think right now, okay, James, that's all well and good. However, when I go from five days a week to four days a week, I can expect a loss of income, can't I? And the answer is maybe, but not necessarily. You just have to know how you can generate your current level of income and do it in four days a week. Because then that means that you've got the best of both worlds, right? And then that means that the main sticking point for 99% of dentists, which is that they want to, they can't, they feel like they can't work less because they enjoy a certain level of income is removed. And there'll be other factors in there. Listen, it's not a purely a financial thing. All I'm saying is the majority of the time, it is a financial thing. And 99% of people listening to this podcast will feel that way. And that is totally cool. That's why I made the podcast. So all we've got to do is understand how we can earn our current level of income and do it in four days a week, because that means hypothetically that we have the best of both worlds. We have an extra day off. We work four days a week. We go to the clinic four days a week and we enjoy our current level of income. How are we going to do that? Let's put some numbers on it. Let's say a dentist is earning 10,000 pounds and they're doing it five days a week. What's the easiest way to earn 10,000 pounds in four days a week? Well, to do that, you have to get to 12 and a half thousand pounds and then five days a week. That's the first place to start. And then when you take one fifth of the time off, you'll also take one fifth of the income off and then it'll become 10,000 pounds. So in other words, you got to understand the ways that you can earn more per unit time. And then what that will allow you to do and what that means is that you now have a choice. Do I continue working five days on 12 and a half grand or do I now choose to work four days, have an extra day of freedom, enhance my work satisfaction score and earn the money that I was earning previously anyway? It's cool, right? You literally get to choose. You just got to understand how that's done. Before we talk about the how, we have to talk about the why. What we've just talked about just then is the why, why it's important and what it will allow you to do. Because until we have that clarity, we don't realize that. Most people think that they're going to get more cash flow via investing. Investing is not something that gives you cash flow until many years down the line. There's a reason why everybody retires at 65. The only real way that you can get proper cash flow from investing is to invest in businesses or to invest. And when I say businesses, what I mean is limited companies. What I mean is businesses that you own outside of ISAs and SIPs. The other way of doing it is to invest in property. And neither of those are quick things. And both of them require know-how. Now, don't get me wrong. We should do that. That's a cool thing. However, it's not the quickest thing that's in our, hand, in our hands that's going to allow us to earn what we're currently earning and do it in one day or less a week. Easiest way to do that is like this. There's three 
ways that any business can make more profit, which is really cool. This is one of the biggest pieces of wisdom that anybody ever told me. This is from a business mentor back in the day. So whether you're a principal or whether you're an associate, you're still a business. And the reason that we are business is that we deliver value. We're a system, we're a collection of we're a collection of systems and processes. Our skills, our habits, our abilities, our knowledge, all of those things, that's the system that deliver value, delivers value for someone else. When you're, in, when you're an associate, the system is not as complicated as a principal because with it, when you're a principal, there's a lot more cogs to the machine. You've got more than one associate, other things going on in the practice. However, we're still fundamentally a business. Now, when we want to understand how we can increase profit, how we can increase earnings per unit time and do it in an ethical way and help the patient and help everyone else around us and do better dentistry and all of that stuff, so we're adhering to every single flipping ethical and moral code that we should do as professionals. When we want to increase profit, here are the three fundamental ways that any business can do it. And this applies to associates and principals as well, because we are businesses. This applies to Coca-Cola. This applies to flipping Toyota. This applies to Tesco. This applies to anything. These are the three ways. Think about it like this. If you have £100,000 turnover and you have £20,000 outgoings, expenses, and you have the 80,000 pounds profit, what's one of the easiest ways that you can increase your profit? Now, one of the easiest ways you can increase your profit is to manage your outgoings. Obviously, when outgoings reduce, when they go down, let's say our outgoings become 10,000, then now we have 90,000 pounds profit. So we just increase profit. Now, for a principal, that is something that we can look at. For an associate, not so much, because the outgoings that we have are essential for us to do our job, except like... Uh, like let's let's see. Uh, so indemnity would be a good one. Your GDC would be another one. Obviously, we have to pay those in order to continue being a dentist. So that's necessary. So we can only really manage those so much. There's only so much scope. When you're in principle, you've got a few more levers and buttons that you can pull and push respectively. However, remember that when you manage your outgoings, it's finite. You can only manage them so much and then you start to have issues. You have to put some money into the system in order for the system to continue and perpetuate. You have to pay your staff, you have to buy the materials, all of that stuff. You have to keep the heating on. So it can be done. However, it's not the best way and it's finite. We should always have one eye on it though. Of course, it's important because that's our margin above that. So that's the first way, manage your outgoings. Second way that we can increase profit is to serve more patients serve more people and help them. Now, when you're Coca-Cola, you serve more customers. When you're a dentist, you serve more patients and you help more people, which is cool. And that's how it should be done. That's how it should be regarded. So here's the thing. Dentists, we only have one pair of eyes and one pair of hands, one pair of ears and one brain. So we can only serve so many people per unit time. Now, if our diaries are not full, then obviously there's scope to serve more people, in which case we have to get more patients in so that we can help them, in which case it's a marketing thing to a greater or lesser degree. And I'll do another podcast someday on the six ways that you can market yourself because that's another podcast in itself. And that's really cool. If you're in that boat, then what it means is that you have to be able to get the word out about you and what you do. Because you could be the best dentist in the whole wide world. However, if people don't know about you, then they'll never be able to come and see you. So it's important to remember that, that one of the ways that you can increase your profit, the second way you can increase your profit is to serve more people. Now, if your diary is already full and you've got a waiting list, two, three, four, five, six weeks, I see with some people with waiting lists, as in the amount of time the patient has to wait to return for the treatment when it's diagnosed at the checkup, then you can't serve more people unless you work more days, which is exactly the opposite of what we want to achieve. We want to do less days rather than more days. So if you are an associate and if you're already seeing a lot of patients, 
Then the third way is the only way that you can increase profit and get yourself from 10 grand to 12 and a half grand a month so that you can drop a day every single week. This is the only way that you can do it. And this, this, this is, this is for associates. However, even if you're not associate, if you're, if you're a principal, this is also an extremely amazing way to boost your business because you know now that if you want more profit in your business, it's got to be fundamentally one of these three ways. This is how flipping execs and C-suites make decisions when they know this because they think, is it this? Is it this? Is it this? Such an amazing flipping systematic way through which to decide how you can increase profit. What is the third way? The third way is this. Fundamentally, it's this. You have to enhance the value of each and every patient that comes through the door. What do I mean by that? Obviously, if we're able to serve someone to a higher standard, give them a better treatment, give them a better service, help them be more efficient about how we deliver that per unit time, then what it means is that that person is now worth more. That patient is now worth more. Obviously, if that we give that person a higher level of value, then naturally the remuneration that follows is we have a right to ask for a higher remuneration as well. It's like if I give someone a Fiat Punto or I give someone a flipping Lamborghini, one of those two things, it takes me just as much time to sort out the paperwork, but the Lamborghini is obviously way more valuable. So it took just as much time, but I give someone a way higher standard of service. I give someone a way better product. We're the dentist, we're the product, and our dentistry is also part of the product too. It's a 50-50 thing. So when you want to be the Lamborghini dentist and you want to give the best treatment, then what it means that naturally is that you can ask for a higher level of remuneration as well. You just increased the value of each and every patient that walks through the door. Now, naturally, there's way more to that, way, 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 way more to that. How that process looks for each and every one of us is a specific tailored journey. You'd have to spend some time with somebody one-on-one who knows this stuff. This is the sort of stuff that I help dentists with and I coach them through. From a high level, the thing that I've just given you right there today will be the thing that allows you to understand if you are the dentist who wants more freedom today and wants to increase your work satisfaction score, wants to re- you, you want to return to your 10 out of 10 satisfaction with the chocolate cake that we talked about earlier and you want to apply that to your job as well, then fundamentally, you got to think about the journey as well as the destination. Most people think it's just about the destination. They sacrifice their whole life just to get to the destination. You can have a 10 out of 10. Well, let's rewind for two seconds. They sacrifice the journey to get the destination so that they can have a 10 out of 10 work satisfaction score, which is basically what that is. Now, when we understand how we can have a 10 out of 10 work satisfaction score and do it flipping today, then what it means is, is that you can have both. You can have fun on the journey and fun on the destination. We just got to understand these things. We got to understand how we can increase profit day on day in our job. From a high level, those are the three ways. There's way more to it than that. With that information that I've given you today, you can use that information to decide that when you are the dentist who's serious about having more freedom right here, right now, it's literally one of those three pathways. You've got to understand what your options are before you can make a decision. Once you've made a decision about which which one, then we get into the deeper stuff, the stuff that you can use practically in your clinic to be able to earn more when you serve the patient to a higher standard, done a better job and had more fulfillment from your dentistry. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit follow or subscribe so you can stay up to date with information on new podcasts which are released weekly. Please also feel free to leave a positive review so others can learn about this podcast and benefit from it. I would also encourage any fans of the podcast to sign up to the free Facebook community from which the podcast originated. Please search Dentists Who Invest on Facebook and hit join to become part of a community of thousands of other dentists interested in improving their finances, well-being and investing knowledge. Looking forward to seeing you on there.